Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 417 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster. Hello, everybody. And you may be wondering, why is Mark hosting an odd number? That's weird. Cool. They're the ones that Ian hosts. But Ian's caught his penis in his zipper, and he's struggling to get it out at the moment. So, until he freezes Wang, uh, you, you just stuck with, with, with us um, for the time being on... on yes. We get it. On the No Time to Die podcast, Ian got his penis stuck in his trousers. So, yeah. So, once Ian, like I say, removes, frees himself, himself yeah. from, the, from the clutches of his zipper, uh, Ben Stiller style, then, then he, will, he will join us. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, what have we got this week, Becky? What have we got? We have No Time to Die. Literally the podcast Ian's been waiting for for almost two years. And, yes, he's indisposed. Uh, what else are we going to chat about, Becky? We're also going to chat the Red Shoes, which won your poll, didn't it? Yay. You won another poll, didn't you? You won the next one, didn't you, as well? Did I? Did you? Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. What film did you choose? I can't remember. Wow. It's been a really long day. So, so, so it's like really like stuck in your head then, isn't it? <laughs> exactly what film. I always remember these, and these bastards never worked for mine, did they? There's only one pervert who worked for mine, the rest of it. I was just like, like, what the fuck? No. Who wants to watch that in your bed? You could stop. What? No, I'm trying to educate these people. Yeah. Trying to make it know um, what's going on. Uh, Ian's just messaged me. He's going to be two minutes. So, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's managed to release himself. He's getting a plaster. He's, he is getting a plaster and a bandage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, so bandage up his mind. Maybe he'll need a splint. Yeah. He might need a splint. Need a splint. We, we're, we're unsure. Can you get of cops the damage. Things? You can. You can get cops. You can get cops. Would they, would they just be like, what are they called? Budgies. Banana hammocks. Yeah. It, it would be, but with a little bit less kind of twanginess, I'd say. Yeah. 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 yeah but that. Uh, so yeah, so we've got uh, the red shoes, which won the poll from, from yourself. Uh, what that that was a Patreon poll, wasn't it? It was. So people, what's um, Patreon? What's Patreon? It's two dollars a month <laughs> is what Patreon is, and you get extra content. Wow. Uh, including um, our our current Hellraiser marathon. Um, <laughs> Ian's really enjoying. Ian's that, really guy. enjoying that. Yeah, so that includes our Hellraiser marathon. Ian, how's your penis? Uh, yeah. Do you know what? A little bit. Little bit sore. Um, it's difficult, isn't it, when you jerk off and then straight away you have to put on pants that are already damp from what happened before. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it shakes. It's one of it's one of life's worst things. Um, so yeah, so we 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 we've done the intro. We've told the the viewers um what well the viewers listeners what they can expect from this show. Um. And yeah, and then, then you've you've now joined us. Um, and I'm just wondering what Becky's doing. What are you doing, Beck? Becky's bringing the washing in like a good little housewife. I am a good little <laughs> housewife. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be get punched for that later, aren't I? <laughs> no, I'll just twang you with a tea towel. Uh, yes, uh, so Patreons, yeah, two dollars a month, extra content. Uh, we are a pod syndicate podcast. Uh, go out there and listen to other pod syndicate podcasts. Um, you know what they all are. Have we checked in on Ian's penis? We have checked in on Ian's penis, yes. Okay. Uh, um, so, yeah. Ian, what's been in the news this week? Well, the thing is, we recorded on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. And it's Monday. <laughs> yep. So, it's probably the not... shortest length we've had between shows Actually, in a while. Be. 
It might be. Yeah. Like I, th- I feel like we've done Wednesday, Sunday before, but I don't think we've ever done Thursday, Monday because, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday generally seems to be recording day. And we went later the one week and earlier the other week. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, to be, I mean, oh God, we're going to talk about No Time to Die, but the fucking box office performance. Um, so, like, apparently, I read somewhere that apparently there were like 7,000 show times for No Time to Die this weekend. Yeah, uh, the, the thing <laughs> is, there's, there's something that I, I want to kind of touch on a little bit here that I don't think I touched on last week. So, it's. We can all agree, I think, that um, cinema took a little bit, cinemas, should I say, rather than cinema itself, but cinemas as a an industry, uh, took a, a big hit uh, during the pandemic and are still not out of the other side of it quite yet. No. Um, and the thing is, I think we can all also agree that, um, for instance, I'm not, I'm not saying we, we were all a little bit, not yourself, but um, myself and Ian were a little bit meek, but you really enjoyed Green Knight. But I think mm. all of us were a little bit dark that we couldn't go on, that, that, we, that we didn't have a large opportunity to go and see it in the cinema. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that, couldn't we? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, but the Green Knight isn't going to keep cinemas going. No. Movies like that aren't going to. The movies that do are No Time to Die and uh, I think I know where this is going. Sorry, yeah. And films like um, Spider-Man movie that's coming out and Venom, um, Let There Be Carnage. These are the movies that um, that are going to sort of keep things going. That are gonna essentially just like a touch paper of getting people back into that thing. Mm. So why, as film fans, was I seeing so many complaining? About the amount of screens that uh, that Bond was taking up, it, it it was honestly it was baffling me to the point of where I don't engage in these things anymore because I find it, it's fucking useless. But I did find myself on the cusp of actually engaging in things with people of do that. Of, of the well, <laughs> do you know what? Because c- cinemas want p- to make it as easy and as safe as possible and make people feel as comfortable as possible going there. So if you've got a 12 screen cinema and they want to dedicate eight screens to or 10 screens to bond because they think they're going to fill it, then surely that's a good thing at the moment. Just fucking let them make the Surely bank. that is a good thing at the yeah. moment. Um, and Look. that maybe now isn't the time to go, well, actually they have, to not show <laughs> for this, yeah. like you weren't going to see it anyway because you watched a press screener of it. Yeah, there are. I'm not going to lie, being in the cinema with normal cinema people rather than the nerds that will go anyway was weird. Mm, it was. There are many weeks in the calendar year where interesting shit can come out because. A blockbuster isn't out or one's coming out in a couple of weeks or something like that. You know, should the Green Knight have got a theatrical release? Pro- I mean, like, 
I mean, it was going to in August, and then yeah. entertainment got on offer they couldn't refuse. Fair fucking play to them. Um, the fact that Bond came out, what was its comp? I mean, what what actually was its competition? Yes, there were. I saw somebody moaning that there were like 15 films released in UK cinemas this weekend, and it's like, yeah, but well, they are li- <laughs> literally films that are playing like one screen at the ICA in London, you know, yeah. just so it can actually, basically, if it plays one screen in London, it will get some sort of write up in a paper or Kermode will talk about it. Yeah. You know, and, and so, I mean, that, saying, well, there were 15 films out this way, fuck off. No, no, there weren't really, though, were there? If you were to look at the amount of films that are actually released on over, say, 50 screens, it would be one, even if even 50 screens, you know. Um, so, yeah, I I very, very, very much agree with this, Mark. And you know what? No, there's not much out next week, uh, this weekend either, because it's Bond's second weekend. But what have we got the third weekend? You've got Halloween Kills, you've got The Last Duel, and you've got Venom. So, at the very least, The Last Duel is going to be in- interesting to fucking dickhead, like dickheads who can't countenance Venom. Um the 22nd, you've got The French Dispatch, uh, you've got Dune. Um, the week after that, you've got Last Night in Soho and Antlers. You know, there is interesting shit coming out just because there's a big film that you don't want to watch, but loads of other fucking people do, and especially at a time where cinemas need those fucking people. Fuck off. It was, it was, it was quite lovely, actually. Getting- really busy like they're being queues to each of it and then having it so it was so it was packed out mm. um you know we went to an IMAX screening on Sunday and it was oh yeah really busy yeah it was yes the recording is dropped too off too close there they are. Uh, are back? Yeah, I just heard Becky say too close, and that was about it. Was, it. it was, it was. we had to choose between sitting too close or sitting not central, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's not been helped by the fact that the uh, Cineworld app has been updated, and now you can't <sighs> book. What the fuck tickets. is going on with that app? It's yeah. fucking shite, isn't it? So I used like, to have Mark's card details stored on my app so that I could just book us both. Because Mark's app didn't work. No. Mine. Now, I, you don't seem to be able to add another Friends Unlimited card. <laughs> You're my friend. No, I mean, th- that, <laughs> app, that app on my phone seems to be convinced that there is only three films playing this week. And there are actually more films. And it's got, like, 2D reserved as, like, yeah, a definition. Yeah. And it's like, what, what the fuck is that? And then you go on the website. The website's fine. It's very weird um but no yeah i mean you're right it it was fun seeing these things packed out and uh, again i get that some folks are are not very comfortable with that prospect like absolutely it should not be forgotten there are still over thirty thousand cases a day you know covid hasn't gone anywhere but at the same time hospitalizations are pretty stable or decreasing and deaths are stable or decreasing so you, you know you you 
I don't know. You, you, you have to make your choice there. Um, but hey, you know what? If you didn't want to go to a packed screening of No Time to Die, I'm sure your local cinema was showing it at nine o'clock in the morning this weekend. There was there was enough screenings that you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> you, you could have, you could have seen it at twenty past nine in in the morning at the at the IMAX I went to. Twenty yeah, past uh, nine in the morning. Yeah, the mad theatre there. There is. We are recording. It is currently quarter past seven now. There is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven screenings still to happen at our local cinema world tonight. There's only four left at our new local cinema world. Oh, you're fucked. You're fucked. You made the wrong choice. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how often I'm going to need seven screenings of Bond. So you yeah. motherfuckers have got 4DX. I can't wait. Venom 4DX, baby. Come on, let's go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I am actually quite looking forward to Venom 4DX. <laughs> actually, there's a possibility that Venom in 3D 4DX might be our first movie at that cinema. I mean, do if you guys do that, I'll do it. I, I kind of feel like we have to, don't we? Yeah, because you should be back by then, and I'm not at work, am I? For, oh, yes, mate! I got it 4DX 3D. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Am I going to see Venom next Friday afternoon at four o'clock in 4DX 3D? Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We could say one, one bit of news that I did see. Go on. Um, the, the 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 quietest ever. Like, let's just let's just put a statement out saying this is all sorted. Uh, of Scarlett Johansson and Disney making up again. Yeah, yeah, I did see. That. <laughs> yeah, in in a we've sat down and we've written a check, and she's back on board. <laughs> and uh, uh, apparently, the thinking is overall she will now be getting about forty million for Black Widow. Cool. You know, good. I don't know. Good on her. It's just a shame that that has probably helped no one. Yeah. Other than Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Good on her. Um, Why not? I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's very easy to sit here and go, oh, wow, you massively rich person didn't get quite as much more massively rich as you thought you were going to. But if it's if it's money, if it's stuff that's in a contract, she's entitled to it. What would be a nice gesture, right, mm. is if she made like a big donation to um, some kind of union's charity within the industry or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she will. I don't think she will. But it would be a nice gesture. It would. Yeah. Um, and also, actually, in terms of box office stuff, Venom Let There Be Carnage doing over $90 million in the US this weekend is fucking wild. Well, like, it is. well done. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am here, absolutely one hundred percent here, for how how irritated people are getting that the fact that a Venom Let There Be Carnage exists, and b people actually seem to really want to watch it, mm. and it's it's wrecking some people's heads because some people are going crazy, going, "But didn't they see the first one?" It's like, yeah, 
yes, they did see the first one and they enjoyed it. You did. That's the and thing. And liked it. And the new trailer's great. So yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It's just, I am I'm very much looking forward to that because it looks like a Sunday morning cartoon of a movie. And I want that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe just, not a Sunday morning cartoon. I think there's probably going to be quite a lot of violence in there. Did you not watch Sunday morning cartoons? They're quite violent at points. Were they? Yeah, they were. Look, it 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 just it it seems like cinemas are gonna be all right, and like the whole day and date thing, I think to a certain extent, it is now going to fuck off. Like there, there's been uh, these two in combination being cinemas only. You look at the many Saints of Newark in the US. Um, oh, why is my mum calling me? Fuck's sake. Um, oh, I'm ever so sorry. I better take this guy. Sorry. No, well, you look at something like, for instance, we had uh, in our screen, New Bex, there was the IMAX trailers went off. Because mm. uh, you get trailers for different movies with it being IMAX because they try and put the IMAX ones on. So, um, first time in a long time we've been in the cinema, like in, I would say, well over a year, um, 18 months maybe. A cinema, and we've not seen a trailer for Bond. Yeah, it was very it, it was very weird, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, we got a trailer for June, for instance. Yeah. Um, and did you notice that literally there was quite a lot of chatter because it was just trailers and adverts and bits like that. When the June trailer came on, everyone shut the fuck up. It's a very atmospheric trailer, though, isn't it? For the for the June trailer, but then June has already been released in certain markets. It's got a staggered release right. across, so it's already out in in like I think like 20 or 30 markets and it is I'm, I'm fairly certain in saying that it has done um over 100 million so far um i'm gonna check to make sure i'm not talking absolute bobbins about that um so yeah over 100 million which for such a dense not hugely accessible looking kind of movie is great yeah it's 35 minutes long mm. Um, is it? It's not an established product. It's just not. People no. say, "Oh, it's a very famous book." It's like, yeah, but it's a, it, it's 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 a, it's a niche famous yeah. book. Yeah. Um, you know that in the same as it's a very niche um film, the Lynch film. Yeah. Uh, that is the hair. <laughs> it's got Sting. Uh, let's not remind people of Sting's <laughs> existence. Um. So yes, that that's. There was people who were literally saying there's a possibility that um, June wouldn't even crack 100 million pre-pandemic. Right. Um, because it was, you know, why was, what was the point in, in doing this? After um, Dennis Dunley did Blade Runner 2049 and that that kind of bombed a little bit. Mm. Um, Sorry about that. My my mum just needed to tell me that WhatsApp was down. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's probably because you couldn't WhatsApp me to tell you. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, that was, to be fair, she was like, just in case you're worried, I phoned my, she phoned a fucking phone provider oh. in Spain, bless oh. her, and uh, had, it was just told it's a global outage and we don't know when it will be back, and uh, so I'm ever so sorry, that just really made me laugh, she phoned her phone company, bless her, oh, sorry. Grown-ups, eh? Right. Aren't they weird? <laughs> We're not grown-ups. I, I think we kind of We're are. not grown-ups. No, we're not growing up. Um, so yeah, so I, I think yeah, when you combine the you know what's happened with 
No Time to Die. We'd like to see what happened with Venom Letter of the Carnage in um, the States. Positive, isn't it? Plus what you've had happen um, with um, Free Guy did very well and June is also starting to do really well. I think we, we can yeah. say nature's healing itself. Yeah. It, feel, it feels like it. It feels yeah. like it. It's just, I know the whole accessibility thing and whatnot, but it just, <clears throat> what what it has done, it has shortened the windows. I know we had that discussion about like how many day window would be the, the norm and whatnot, but you look at Free Guy coming out on Disney Plus like about 45 days after it came out in the cinemas, people that you know folks who can't go, can't get to the cinema do not have to wait too long i'm sorry they can't they can't be in on the conversation on day one but frankly if they were in on the conversation on day one within a few years you would have less films to talk about mm. but look that you know if, if less money is to be made from them yeah so no i mean just yeah you look at you look at paramount plus you look at um them getting rid of top level executives over the last few weeks and basically paramount now becoming a place that is basically going to try and make tv series based off their ip they're less interested in this in cinema and, and films and whatnot and it, it kind of feels like shit did they have they course corrected a little bit too fast warner brothers their their ceo jason Kellar was interviewed last week and he said do you know what we were too hasty on the hbo max thing um, and he's, he was saying, because we should have spent more time talking to the filmmakers and whatnot, but there's definitely an inference there. Um, you know, Many Saints of Newark does $5 million in the US this weekend. And don't get me wrong, a Sopranos pre- prequel isn't going to open to 50, but you would get people actually paying to see it in the cinema if they didn't, if they didn't have the option of watching it on telly. Right, trailers. Trailers. Have there been any? Probably. Tick, tick, boom. I watched the trailer for Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut. I'm rushing now just in case it fucking hangs up again. Christ. Um, It looks all right. It yep. looks like it's going to have its heart on its sleeve. It looks like it could be a little bit grating, if I'm absolutely honest. Yeah. Yep. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it it looks like it could either be like 97 minutes long or two and a half hours long. <laughs> Yes. So let's see what we've got. It's it's an hour and fifty five minutes. Hmm. That makes me feel a okay. Bad. That's not too shabby. Yeah, I'm all right with that. It feels like I'm there's going to be enough in there, but not too much that makes me go all piss off now. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, what else have we got? What else have we got? Shows no trailer I watched. Oh, we've got the extended trailers of um, June and West Side Story in the IMAX. They were extended versions, weren't they? There was a West Side Story trailer in the IMAX. I imagine that. I I saw a new West Side Story trailer maybe a week or two ago where they're still trying to pretend that Ansel Elgort is not in it. Yeah. I'm sure there was a longer trailer. There wasn't on the IMAX there. What else was there then? We had an IMAX. We had the June one. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what else, but it wasn't. With I, I had a king, the Kingsman one that was new because it was saying about this Christmas and whatnot. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, between Spider Man, the Kingsman, and Matrix Re- Resurrections, 
got three kind of bangers at the cinema for, for Christmas time. That was it. I don't know where I got West Side Story from. It was a longer Matrix one. It was a longer it? Matrix yeah. one, yeah. yes. Oh, okay, cool. Sorry, brain fart. Those two very similar movies. I mean, yeah. thematically, you know, you can't really tell them apart. No. Um, I am so fucking on board for the new Matrix. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, yeah. I'm really looking forward to rewatching even the shit ones. I'm less looking forward to that. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll rewatch them, but the the thought of watching resurrect, uh, not resurrections, fucking revolutions again does give me some pause. But I will. Is, it, is that which was the second one? Reloaded. Yeah, that's the one I I I, I, I remember disliking the most. Okay. It's just revolution. Revolutions has got all the fucking shit where they're battling the machines in Zion. Oh, and it's like, God, doesn't it? Yeah. I can't be doing with that. Is it... Right, sorry, we, right, what's number two called again? My brain's gone completely... Reloaded. Reloaded. Is reload? Is it Reloaded or is it um, Revelations? That's the one, isn't it? Yeah. Am I just getting them wrong? Am I just saying... Oh, fucking hell, fucking Mike. <laughs> Which one's the one with Monica Bellucci's vagina in it? <laughs> Reloaded. That's and I one. don't think it's her vagina. It's, it is. No, it's the Merovingian. It's like talking about some other woman and like he's no, made no, a pudding a... that gives her an orgasm. No, there's literally, there's a, there's a shot in Matrix where because of the light and the dress she's wearing, you can actually see through and see her, her uh, bush. You can. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes. Right. So it's not the pudding woman. Okay. No, it's not the pudding. No, it, it's the. It's... it's not her actual vagina, is it? It's it's her. Oh, you can see her lady garden. Yeah. You can see her ones and zeros. Jesus. <laughs> Listen, this show's got a carnage. <laughs> and um, let that be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking wishes. Um, should we review an actual movie? Because <laughs> it just seems like it's the best thing to do. Sure. So, no time to die. Yeah, just to say, Ian, Ian, actually, I think you're hosting this one, so I'll let you do this. Oh, shit, yeah. No, God, I probably seven. am. So, just to say, patrons, uh, I did, like, 25 minutes monologuing about No Time to Die that went up as a unexpected Ian's Guide to Bondage over the weekend. So, um, and I did that purposefully. Were you masturbating while you did it? Uh, no. I mean, close, but, um, you know, so, like, because I kind of wanted to be spent so that I don't just fucking monologue through this. That was the aim. Let's see how I go. So, yeah, No Time to Die. It's directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga, stars uh, Daniel Craig, Leia Sadu, um, uh, Rami Malik, Christoph Waltz, Lashana Lynch, Jeffrey Wright, Billy Magnuson, uh, uh, Ray Fiennes, Naomi Harris, Ben Whishaw. Many, many folks. Um, the, really fucking mags had a couple of weeks, haven't he? Hasn't he just? Hasn't he just? Yeah, absolutely. Um, very, very all spoilers all the time. Yep. Um, any, like, I, I mean, really all spoilers all the time. Like, you, you, you don't want to be fucking spoiled for it. Um, so, what, uh, what lies for us in this one? Um, Bond... Uh, drove off at the end of Spectre with Madeline, played by Lea Sadu, and uh, they are vacationing uh, in Italy. Um, 
a series of events happens which makes Bond think that uh, Madeline is maybe not entirely on the up and up. Cut to five years later, and Bond is now retired from uh, MI6 and is recruited by Felix Leiter, played by Jeffrey Wright, to uh, assist in uh, capturing a kidnapped scientist. Um, And it goes on from there. So, Becky. Oh, please don't come to me first. Becky. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you, you, straight up, you're just noted not a particular fan of Bond. So. Can I ask from that perspective, I'm really fucking interested in this. Um, did. Did the did the end of it work for you? Because I, 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 you know, I imagine you've got like no real connection to the daniel craig films like how daniel craig's played bond so the ending do you think it had the desired impact on yourself right so just to clarify i don't i don't hate the daniel craig bond movies i like no no but you're not not invested no no but i mean more so than I have been with any other, but I, I do like the movies. They're just, they're just, I'm not, I'm just not as like all in to the franchise, I guess. Mm. Um, the ending, I well, so I obviously haven't watched all the rest of the Bond movies, all the older ones and stuff like that. So I just thought that's what happened when they changed actor. Oh wow! Okay. So I was just like, oh, there we go. New Bond. So it didn't really... So, so I, was, I was kind of expecting it because, like, you know, like, Doctor Who oh, dies and then a new Doctor Who takes over. I was just thinking yeah. it was that kind of thing. <laughs> well, I, yeah. All right. No, fair enough. I could see how that could uh, that could colour things somewhat if you were <laughs> expecting it. Um Mark, I'm assuming you weren't necessarily expecting it, thinking that that happens to all Bonds, like at the end of the uh, Die Another Day, Pierce Brosnan regenerates into Daniel Craig. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, it, sorry, just. I just, just figured that, like, they die and then the code name gets reallocated and then that's the new Bond. Because that's what would make sense for them having continually changing faces. I think that's just how my brain has logicized it over the years. Which honestly, I think that is the uh, that is the only way they continue on with this cast, unless they also spin off the Charlotte Lynch or Anna de Armas. But any anyway, um, so Mark, you weren't expecting it in just to, in terms of the Bond kind of like how the the films work. Is that fair to say? No, yeah, I wasn't. No, I wasn't expecting it. No. Okay. Did the ending work for you? Yes, uh, I, 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 I mean, we, we, you know, um, theorised this about what would happen uh, mm. at this, and uh, you know, we, we kind of, I, I, I didn't think in any way that they were going to kill him off. I thought they'd retire him. I thought they'd give him a something, but I didn't, I didn't think they'd kill him off, and I was, it, it very much shocked me. Mm. I kept thinking. Um, and I suppose all times once again, I I get thinking at that scene of going, right, 
no, wait, how are they gonna how are they gonna get out of this? Because if they try and get out of this now with the, with the situation he's in, it's going to look hokey as fuck. And I know it's a Bond movie, but it's built up all of this. And then I had the, 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 the sort of this creeping realization within me going, oh shit, wait, no, they're they're going to kill him. And and then when it happened, I I, I was I just I was like honestly properly open mouthed. What? Yeah, yeah. I, I was just sort of looking around as if like. For some kind of help from somebody <laughs> of, of, of the what what's going on? Making sure that the other people were seeing what I was seeing, um, and yeah, it did. It it, it did kind of it, it got me a little bit. And I I would say that between the three of us, I think I sit in the middle in, in that sense that you're not as we've established, but you're not that the bonds thing just isn't a thing for you. Um, whereas with Ian, it's quite a you're you're a big fan of the the, the franchise and the world and everything like that, and you've also been a big fan of the the Greg thing. I've I I I would go as far as to that I actually really quite don't actually like Bond that much. You like Craig Bond? Um, and you know, I, I had fun with the Roger Moore ones and the um, Timothy Dalton ones uh, when I was younger. And you know, I, I enjoyed watching them. Uh, my favourites if I went back and watched them now I'd, I'd probably change my opinion but in my brain my most fondly remembered ones are the ones that everybody else thinks are shit that is just you all uh, there, isn't it yeah it is a little bit but but they are you know I, I like Moonraker and I like Octopussy oh yeah I, I'm fine with that they're, they're fun movies but um, the bit that put me off Bond was Pierce Brosnan becoming Bond because You've got a real fucking problem with Pierce Brosnan. He, he, yeah, he is the least talented person to ever make it in so many different things. No, he's he's a fucking proper autopilot Bond at times as well. Like, I definitely yeah. like him more than you, but I could get why you would be annoyed by him. He has the charisma of an old shoe. I disagree. Um, he's very charismatic in like when he takes the piss out of himself a bit like in Mamma Mia he's very very good he's not a good singer but he's good in Mamma Mia at what that role is no he's not um so <laughs> but, but with, with Daniel Craig I, I it, it kind of felt a little bit like all right this is it I, I can get behind this idea and then with Casino Royale being as good as it was Mm. Um, and me kind of not hating Quantum of Solace as much as everybody else seemed to. I, like um, it, I, I was I was really enjoying Craig as Bond. And Skyfall happened. Skyfall happened. And I, I didn't get on with Skyfall. I, I, I couldn't. I just I wish I saw what the people saw in it. And I, I we we rewatched Specs this week, and I think that film has problems. Um, which we'll talk about later on when we could talk about Spectre. Um, but also as well, um, I, I I do think it sets the character up nicely for this this film. Mm. Um, and it would have been it would have been really easy to have fucked this film up because let's be honest, you had I would say two bangers. The people, uh, what is it? You've got two bangers and two not as much. So. <laughs> You know, this was scheduled, you know, by the rate of, well, banger, not as good, banger, not as good. This one should have been a banger, mm. but it could have gone the other way around. Mm. Um, it was, 
there was points in it that I didn't get on with. But what I will say is, um, I, 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 people are probably going to laugh at this, but I, I genuinely think that I will struggle to see many better leading male performances than Daniel Craig in this movie. He is fantastic in it. Fucking great. And it's the, it's it. He's good at the action bits. He's good at that. But it's also the the bit that 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 shows it up a level. And it was the same in Casino Royale. It's the emotional beats. Mm -hmm. It's the bit where he, he has to put something across. The bit, the bit where he. Um, there's a great comedy moment, and you mentioned it, Bex, where um, somebody mentions about his his daughter. Uh, but, but your daughter, he turns around with the kid and goes, "Yeah," and just pulls like a face. And... No, I think it's when is it when they meet back up with Lashana Lynch? Yeah, and um, he says something like, "Oh, you already know Madeline," and this is he just turns around and pulls a face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is Matilda. She's my. Uh, yeah and it's that and it's the thing of he he knows it's his kid mm. um there's a giveaway as well in the um her eyes sorry no, no there's a giveaway that she's pregnant in the the pre-credits oh. bit oh really yeah there's a giveaway when she's um she call him a fucking wanker no <laughs> well a little bit no, there's there's a moment she's where I, I, I peanut butter, butter and mushrooms. Yeah, but when she's running to the car after after he's come into the what is it? Oh, she throws up. Sorry, I'm gonna shut shut up. Um, when yeah. when he's come back to to get her mm. and they're going out to the car. Mm. Um, there's a moment there where she literally cups her stomach. All ah, right. Um, oh fuck. From that, and I, I, I at, at that point I was like, right, she's fucking pregnant. And then when the kid came out, I was like, right. But she's actively said he's not yours. He knows still that it's his, but he's not being told that it's his kid. Mm. But he does know it's his kid. But then the moment when he gets told that it's his kid, and it's the and he has that realisation of, yeah, it is, and I'm never going to get to... What is that? <laughs> was, and then having the shot after it, um, of you know of, of the back shot, all of that could have been dealt with really badly, mm. and I think that there was a there's a lot of directors, and I'm even going to put Sam Mendes, who did uh, Skyfall and um, Spectre. Spectre. I think he'd have dealt with that back, mm. but I think Kerry. Um, um, there, he's not bothered about having a flashy moment. Yeah. He's not bothered about what he's going to show you. He's it, it, his story. He's more story and impact than anything else. Mm. And that's what I got out of this. There's some great visuals in it. Don't get me wrong. Fantastic visuals in it. But at that moment, he he's not trying to sell you a visual. He's trying to sell you a story and try to sell you the emotional impact of it. It's why the literal, the end of this movie is Bond just at the top of the mess. And he's literally facing down his own destruction mm. with a smile. It's, it, 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 it's, it's a phenomenally well-handled piece of cinema. 
just to go back to what you were saying about the action yes uh, for a second do you know what i've always liked about the um daniel craig ones it's like when he gets hit he actually acts like he's been hit like he's hurt when he gets shot like he's not he's, he's not just brushing it off like a lot of it, a lot, a lot of the time, does happen in like action movies. They get shot on, them, like two seconds later, they're fine, or they stitch themselves up, and it's like, yeah, that's done now. Um, so yeah, it actually feels more real, I guess. Like he's he's a real feeling Bond. He's not he's not a superhero. Mm. He comes across as a guy. Um, but but surrounding that, you've got a, a very it, it, it also doesn't forget to be a Bond film as well. Mm. Um, which at points I think, I think that's where it falls down in this one for me though oh that's interesting I, I agree with you to an extent like I, I think Ray Malik is a very very good Bond villain not in this film though and he was in this film he wasn't if he's watched I, if he's I, just I, watched a fuck ton of old Bond movies and gone right I, yeah that's how I'm going to play it that isn't that isn't <clears> being good in this film he's crap in this he's he, painfully painfully crap in this i think he straddles a line no he doesn't he's crap right. he's awful he's too over the top the voice is the fucking weird accent he's doing is all over the place the facial mannerisms from bohemian rhapsody that he just doesn't seem to be able to stop doing yeah it's weird that he can't stop doing the the, 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 the lip thing He's, he's, it was it was distractingly bad in this because it did it felt like an old Bond villain where they where everything was kind of hammy. Mm. It's in a I mean new Bond movie where a lot of it's quite serious. It, it it's interesting because there were rumours beforehand that he was basically playing Doctor No, which was like the it like in the official Bond canon was the first Bond villain, and there's the the kind of the stilted nature of him is very very doctor no um and i wouldn't a bit uh, to be honest i wouldn't be surprised if that was an idea that they had early and um like early on and they just cut it the fuck out because they were like look we don't actually need that for this there's plenty other stuff going on um but yeah i i don't know i mean i think i i think he does the job that is asked of him i don't think he's a highlight but I also think it's a performance that knows it's not the highlight of the film. Um, and it's not necessarily trying to be the thing that keeps the attention. He is just this fucking fucked up, damaged, like whatever the fuck. Um, a little weirdo. I no... Sorry? He's a little weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, you've literally got that scene where Leia Sadu's going up to her office, and that woman says, "Oh, you're eleven o'clock here." He's a bit weird, and she's yeah. like, "You can't say that," you yeah. know. And it's like they are literally fucking just going. It, I, it's I do... a, it, it's almost like they added that just in terms of like it's a fucking odd performance. Just you know, just get get ready for him. It, almost, you know? the trailer almost missells it a little mm-hmm. bit. I think mm-hmm. trailer missells him a little bit because it makes it seem like he's this like this this essentially assassin that is bond but on the other side and he's not he's not at all he's this he's a little weirdo and I'm not but, mean that as a, as a what is it but he, he he's not he's 
essentially like the heir to a fucking poison company to a poison island it's a weird it's a weird thing mm. but I, it, it, he was I, I, I was all right with 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 him um he he, he worked enough for me i thought the pacing that was fantastic it didn't feel like a two hour 45 minute movie no it felt long but it didn't feel that long yeah, it, it, it felt. I felt like I was watching a long movie, but at no point. I think we discussed this briefly. After the effects, there's nothing within that movie that I would go. Yeah, you could probably lose that. Mm. It, 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 there's no fat on it at all. It's all. Look, everything has a. Everything has its right place, and everything makes sense within the movie. And it, I mean, it does remember to be fun. At, at, you know, at, at points as well, like fun. Fun and the villains are not necessarily what is on this film's mind, but you've got that sequence with Anna de Armas, which is just a wonderful little arc in itself, where he st- like Bond starts off like three fucking three weeks of training. Yeah, this is gonna go great. And by the end, he's just like like literally shakes her hand and was like, You were great. <laughs> you know, just well done. Yeah. And as well, it, it gives it gives her she, you know, she's not being saved by Bond. Bond literally no, goes at one point, literally looks at and goes, "She seems fine." Yeah. And he, he fucks off, and then he comes back, and she does all the bit on her own, and then they meet up, have a drink, and then they go. And right. it, was, it, it, it was it was really nice the fact that there is no there's no new Bond girl in it. There's, 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 there's well, Bond girls in there. There's no new. There's no new. Bond fuck toy in it. Well, I mean, they, they, exploring the whole later, do I? That, that's what I mean. It, it's, it's interesting that you don't have that mm. within this movie. No, well, I mean, this is the. I mean, this is the thing about the Craig films, you know. Like in Casino Royale, the Bond girl dies at the end. In Quantum of Solace, the Bond girl is like this damaged woman who he doesn't get with, and the only woman he does fuck is Gemma Arterton, who dies um, almost, who then just gets covered in oil. Um, Skyfall, the Bond girl is M. Spectre, Leia Sadu is the Bond girl, and she's like the daughter of one of the heads of Spectre. Um, and then and then they carry um carry her on through here. But I mean it is I mean I because I, I I think it's fascinating where like Blofeld is in the film and is killed about halfway through, and it's basically just a plot point. Yeah. You know, which which is fucking fascinating. And I this film's relationship to Spectre, it you know, is interesting. Just where Spectre, it was like, Blofeld is like, I, I was the author of All Your Pain. And that is a, I, I talk about it in the beginning, in the Inns Guide to Bondage Wing, but that is a performance that is just a preening, narcissistic, I want to get one over on you. I am the author of All Your Pain, I'm convinced, is a deliberate line of just a fucking egotistical dickhead. Oh, it's yeah. not supposed to be cool. It's a stupid line. Yeah. Um, and then you get this film it, where it's it, like, it, actually, it, it's it's a, it, like it's a it's a nasty little narcissist. Um, it, it, it's a bully essentially. He's, he's a fucking he's a bellend. <laughs> huh? the, the the Christoph Waltz performance inspector is what if Blofeld was just a fucking twat? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, I honestly think that's how that, that's how Waltz is playing him, and he does that in this as well, you know. And just you like the whole, all all of the villains in this, they're all in, in the Craig ones. They're all just 
dickheads. Yeah, they're all it just twats. It doesn't romanticise <laughs> any of the villains, which is quite nice, because sometimes these movies do. Mm. They give the villain either they've got a punk or they make them charismatic or they make them better, more... A, a strong Marvel point has been for years is that often the villains can be more charismatic than the the bad guys, mm. the good guys. But they're not in any of the Craig films at all. You know, you've got Mad Mickelson literally weeps from his blood from his eye. Um, <laughs> what's his name in... Matthew uh, Elmerick. He's yeah. got big pupils. Yeah, and, and, and again, he's an angry little weirdo. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, um, what's it? Um, Javier Bardem's a blonde, bleach blonde weirdo. Yeah, he's a bleach blonde weirdo that appears to have some kind of, you know, fucking Oedipal complex. <laughs> um, and then Blofeld, who's just a bit of a dick. Blofeld, Bond should have looked to first at Blofeld and went, he's not wearing fucking socks with his fucking shoes. And just gone, this guy, no. No, I'm not, I'm not afraid of this prick. <laughs> fucking wife, no, no, fucking meet your right. Think he's big shot. Not bad. Yeah, yeah no, but no, exactly. And it, 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 it just, this film in particular is really not, not concerned with the villains. Nope. You know, it, it's, it's not. And it's like having Rami Malik be out on the press tour almost feels like a bit of a, just like, we're just going to do this as a distraction because the film is not that bothered about him. I, you know, I got the feeling that Ray Malik out the press tour because Le- uh, Leia Sadu just is has no interest in doing any press for anything. Yeah, no, I, 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 absolutely. But I mean, this feel it feels like a villain performance that he signed on to before he won the Oscar. Like, if I'm honest, it, like it doesn't. It feels weird that he was an Oscar winner for best actor and then he's this villain who is one of the. Apart from the action he does, which basically makes Bond accept, accept shit, I'm going to have to die. He doesn't really do an awful lot meaningful in this film, even though I will say I like I and this is the Fukunaga touch. I think I like how discombobulating the very first scene is where it's like, right, OK, why are we suddenly in some sort of fucking funny games esque world? You know, like or like a fucking Scandi thriller place. I thought that was fucking interesting. And also, just, sorry, one one other, like, little theory I've got about how this film is kind of unbothered about kind of action and whatnot. It's more about character. I don't know whether you guys noticed, but the IMAX framed stuff, the IMAX shot stuff, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, I actually wouldn't be surprised if 100% of it is just the pre-credit stuff. And then after that, it's in the normal aspect ratio for the rest of the film, because it's like we are, at, you know, we're going to give you the bombast, but we're not as bothered about that with this as, as we are about Daniel Craig. Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of it in IMAX, is there? No, it's literally all of the pre-titles is. And I'm unsure whether any of the rest of it is. I think, I think there's a little bit, uh, I think when they first go into the... Um, what's his Malik's lair? Oh, maybe actually, yeah, you might be that right there. It is, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it very much is more of a, a character uh, piece. I like, I like the fact that there's continuing um, sort of bits of, of Bond's personality that run throughout the entire thing that they've managed to keep over 
four directors um, that, that have stayed there. So like the, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I was saying to you, Dex, after it, the fact that Bond always enters a room first. Okay, cool. So, um, folks, hopefully I've been able to fucking hide this in the editing, but uh, my what my Skype has literally signed me out while we've been talking four times so far tonight. Don't know what the fuck is going on, but I am now on my phone, so I probably sound not great, but it's the best I can do. So anyway, I'm so sorry, Mark. I can't. I don't even remember where we got to. Uh, I'm just saying that there's a there's a protective thing when he walks into a room where he he bursts in like a door. Someone open the door to go in, and he'll just burst past them. And it, it, it feels like he's being rude or he's being brash or what is it? Um, because he always makes like a cocky comment as he's walking in. But it, it's like a protective thing, and it, it, it's cool that that's run throughout all of the movies. But in you. You were very excited for this, weren't you? <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it, and the it, it danger was, is, is is when you get that excited for something, it's it's got to live up to that, and it's got to no matter how much you try and temper it when you go in, it's got to be that good that it's that the disappointment can can feel worse. So if you go into something really like really pumped for it, and it, it happens to be a four and a half out of five, it can feel like you've just watched a three out of five movie. It it, it can hurt worse than going and expecting nothing and it being shit. The Prometheus effect. Yeah. Um, that perfect example, Bert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Ian, you emphatically um, were not um, let down by this, were you? No, no. I mean, it, it's. Um, but one hundred percent a subjective thing. This, but if it's not my number one film of the year, I'll be really surprised. And but at the same time, I would be surprised if it was in either of your top tens. You know, oh, and it, I, it, I, I, I'll be surprised if I see ten better movies than this this year. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, I'll be surprised wow. if I see ten better movies than this year. Just for the sheer. The sheer audience factor of it, the sheer, the the the, the moment when I, I I do genuinely think I think the film, I think there's parts of the film that I don't think the film ever drops below a four out of five. I think there's parts of it um, that are. Um, oh wait a minute, there is one bit that would drop below a four out of five, and I thought that the uh, the credits were, were were a bit were a bit naff to be honest. Mm. Um, they are doing some homaging pretty hardcore but the one bit where there's somebody scuba diving and it's like if you know that's fundable then fair enough but if not it's like why is there a scuba diver yeah and it, 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 it's stuff like that i, I get it i get it yeah and it's a, that was that but it, it's the opening credits of a fucking movie you cannot you cannot go well the movie was great but the opening credits knock off a half a star you just can't fucking do that <laughs> You see, this is the thing. When those circles came up, like, it, you know, like, so when they're like, the, it's like the shot of the train, like, going, like, leaving Madeline and whatnot. And then the circles come up and it says, like, uh, I don't know, like, Eon Productions or whatever. And it was like, fuck, that's the start of Doctor No. Oh, shit, this is going to be great. Like, honestly, it was pushing my pandering buttons, something fucking rotten. And that, that, that's been my worry 
kind of like leading up to us talking about this, I've been kind of wondering how how much of my reaction to it was just basically being pandered to. And it, 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 it kind of feels like, well, definitely not as much as I thought, given what you just said there, Mark. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think that the the last, from the moment where, because you, as an audience, you know what he's what um, Seferin's just hit him with in the face, yeah. and so from I think from that moment there, it, it that is where you're going. All oh, right, they've got a handle from here to the credits so well. Otherwise, one it's a tightrope, one little swing to either side, and the whole fucking thing stops it from me. What is it? And I think from there. It is genuine, like bits of uh, Casino Royale. It, it's it's not just good Bond. It's not just good uh, action or anything like that. It's it's great dramatic cinema. Um, I mean, and Craig is playing it absolutely perfectly. The score is fantastic along that bit. It keeps yep. it really, really sort of well done, and keeps on a real nice balance. Of, it keeps the emotion up, but it keeps the the emotion up and the bombastic nature of it up as well. So, I mean, I I, I kind of talk about this in in the the bondage show, but one of the things that I really like about our final sequence as well is you get a very mini kind of greatest hits of Bond, where you get that kind of one shotty kind of fight sequence, and then you get Craig saying to Wishaw like. I just showed my uh, uh, someone uh, that new watch. It really blew his mind, which is a joke that you just... Craig's not necessarily done that all the time. Um, and that, like, But then the way he smirks to himself... Yeah, it's, it's almost like, like he's, he's, he's amused that he thought of it. <laughs> I fucking... I just... I, I'll be honest, I basically teared up from that. Just the, fuck, I... You know, I'm not going to see much more Craig now. And then the bit where, yeah, and then it's um, him accused, like, you've got to do this, and then do that, and then do this. And then Bond just does it all. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, and it, 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 it calls back to the old relationships with Q. And there's a lot more of the old Bond and Q dynamic in No Time to Die compared to the other films, um, which I liked. But yeah, it, like I say, it's just this like, many greatest hits of Bond, and then you've got Daniel Craig giving that speech, which is just, like, honestly, like, I could barely fucking take it. Like, I was a mess. Like, both the jaw on the floor thing, but also, like you said earlier, Mark, just Craig just absolutely fucking nailing it. Mm. And just the whole kind of, like, the, what was it he says, like, the only thing I ever regret in my time with you is um, putting you on that train. Yeah. Like, fucking hell. And then the whole kind of, like, you've made the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It just, like, I mean, like, it kind it kind of sounds cheesy, but it just, it's Craig's bond. Let, letting himself emotionally loose, properly emotionally loose for the first time since Casino Royale. And now he's never gonna be able to fucking see them again. It is like, oh bloody hell! And this is the sorry, and I'm gonna stop in a second. But this is the thing that makes me 
absolutely okay with what they do with Bond in the future now, because Daniel Craig is my Bond, and No Time to Die is my Bond film. And if it, you know, if if they go on from here to great heights, brilliant. But I don't think I will ever be emotionally affected by a Bond film as much as this ever again. And I'm fine with that because, like, for me, it is just god tier fucking work. Uh, but like, as well, yeah. You had the, the the bit earlier that I thought was not quite as emotional, but still again really good when uh, Jeffrey Wright died mm-hmm. in it, and it was it was Bond essentially losing his only friend. Yep. It, everyone else that it, that he has, you know, Money Penny, Q, M, they're not friends. They're they're work people. Um, he cares about them, but they're work people. Jeffrey Wright is but, his 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 only friend that he seems to have, and yeah, and he, he he loses him, and it's this. There's a there's a thing of everything everything around him is just falling apart. Yeah, I, I mean, I will say even Q's realization at like what is happening at the end. Yeah, he either says like "Oh no" or "Oh God," I can't remember which. But it like it, it's the the the, the realization that I'm just, but I, I'm God, I'm so fucking glad that Bond told Madeline why he wasn't like the whole kind of like the realization that he was poisoned. I kind of thought that Bond wasn't going to say anything there, and it was just going to be like, "No, you you go, I'll be all right." And it's like I I kind of needed her to know, and I, like just sorry. The, the linking back to Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which is so fucking smart because this film is a bizarro world sequel to that film. Um, and the, the way that it ends with, like, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story about a man called Bond, James Bond, and it kicks into all, we have all the time in the world. Yeah. Like, it just. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I, was, I was a little bit worried at that moment when I went through a tunnel. I thought, Oh no! Please don't! Please don't! Please don't have like a little montage of bits of Daniel Craig as Bond. <laughs> and the fact that it didn't, I was like, oh, bravo, bravo for having the fucking confidence to not try and remind could, people. Could you imagine if it did that and it did the opening bars of that song at the end of Fast Seven, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like two minutes of like, it's been a long time. Without you, my friend. The thing is, the thing is, <laughs> at that point, I'd have probably gone. Do you know what? I'm all right with this now. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm going to say em- emphatically, definitely not shit. Yeah, it, I mean, it, 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 it's, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, like, spoiler alert for review of 2021. It's just going to be me fucking jerking off, like, fully sticking my thumb up my ass while I jerk off about no time to die just let's go no holds barred like let's see if I can jerk off so much there's blood uh I, I, I'm quite looking forward to there's a few things like genuinely listeners genuinely um I was worried at work on Thursday night <laughs> um 
because <laughs> I knew I knew what time Ian was going at the screening, and I was working a, a twelve-hour day on Thursday, and I knew Ian was going into his screening at about five o'clock, and I knew he was coming out just after I, I think it's two minutes to eight or something like that, or a minute past eight, um, and I was genuinely during those three hours worried <laughs> like a little bit like to the point of where the girl that i work with went but are you all right you've been a bit like what is it like? You worried about someone? i was like I, I had to explain to her that i was worried because my friend was seeing a movie that was really important to him and he, and, and i'm just i was hoping that he was gonna really really like it i mean in, in all seriousness like this has only happened at like a few times like a few times where it's like like it just feels like i've just been building up to something so like peter jackson's king kong like and and avatar and prometheus donna's had to deal with me after all three of those (laughs) and it just like and, and she didn't have to do that with no time to die like i came home and and she was like how was it and i was just like Bond died, and she was just like, "Oh yeah, I thought that was going to happen." A bit like Bex, to be honest. Like, <laughs> no, no, but isn't that what happens to all of them? No, yeah, but it was like, right, let me sit you down. Here's a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> about why that's unexpected. You know, it. it, it it's Did you like, go full Charlie Day? Oh god, I fucking I monologued. I won't lie, I fucking monologued. I mean, it's what it's it's why I did that that uh, that show on Saturday because I know I've talked a lot on this one. If I didn't do that on Saturday, you have no fucking idea how much I would have railroaded this. <laughs> but uh, Bex, like, de- definitely not shit. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely not shit. There's a lot of positives to it, and I'm I'm really glad that it it's it, it's hit the audience that it's aimed at, which is not me. It isn't. I don't have fond memories of watching Bond movies on a Sunday afternoon with my dad because I'm, you know, not wanting to be all like gender norms, but a girl. So it wasn't really something that appealed to me as a child. And so it's, it's not it's not aimed at me. And I'm really glad that the people that it is aimed at have got what was intended out of it. There's just I think if you're in on it, which you two both definitely were, then you are more willing to overlook the negatives, which there are some of. So yeah, like 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 I said, it's it's a subjective film of the year for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, ob- if if you were to ask me objectively, I'm I'm pretty sure I'll have a different answer. But if you're asking me what my film of the year is like so far and what probably will be, then it's no time to die. But what I suppose what is the best film of the year is maybe a different question. No, I always think it's what is it in the same way as when we give the what is it here? I'm going to disagree with you. You're definitely not shit, uh, Ian. Oh, you okay. need to go full Fallout. Your Fallout. Oh, shit, do I? I know I do need to go full Fallout. Yeah. I'm ever so sorry, both. Yes, that's I it. do. Fallout. Well, that's it. Great Showman was my film of of that year. Was it? Well, it was second. But like, it's 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 the films that bring you joy, and it's the films that elicit an emotional response in you. This doesn't with me. It does with Ian. Fucking great. And I'm absolutely stoked as fuck that it's made so much money, and that people are like, it's the return of cinema. Yeah, all right. Let it fucking hail in a new era of people going back to the cinema. There'll be so many people that went to see that over this last 
week or whatever it's been out that haven't been in a cinema since they reopened because they've felt not that it wasn't necessarily worth it for them to not not take that risk but do that thing that's a little bit scary for them and this made it worth it for them and they might have gone and go oh actually that felt a lot safer than I anticipated it was I will go again and it it will be a you know a a, a snowball effect the people who sat behind us um I overheard them say it when they got in that's the first time they've been to cinema since 1917 the year yeah wow well old well old yeah yeah I mean I'd imagine Rise of Skywalker or 1917 will be the last time that a lot of people went to the cinema yeah yeah, so for that reason, it's not it's not the great movie that I really, really hoped it would be. I didn't think it would be for me, but I really, really hoped it would be. But it just isn't, Bond thing just doesn't get me. I think there's other franchises now that do it better. Oh, but I, I, Sorry, guys, go on. But I'm really glad more for the overall effect of it, if that makes sense. I, absolutely. And I, I just want to... Major shout out to the guy further down my row. I I I think might have had, no, he 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 did have some sort of mental illness of some sort, but like literally shouted out at one point. What? There's two double o sevens. That's crazy. <laughs> I, just, I just thought it was fucking brilliant. Like like just how into it he obviously was. And yep. I, I, I kind of heard him, like, making some noises and whatnot through the film. So, like, bless him. Like, he, the, the, it, he, I don't think it was just someone who was really, really mind-blown. But just, I don't know, having that reaction from anyone, that's fucking brilliant. That's what, that's what you want. And it did, make, it did make me laugh, but in a bless him kind of a way, you know. Yeah, not, yeah, in a, in a, that's... If that's somebody interrupting the movie, that's how I want movies to be interrupted. That's Hell good yeah. interruption. Well, that's yeah. a, he's saying what everyone else is thinking. Yeah, thing, isn't it? yeah, that, that's that's a d- yeah. It's it a, was just right. It was just, just the way he went. Two double o sevens. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did like the fact. Um, one thing that I noticed: trailer versus film. It's obviously in the trailer he goes, I met your new double O. She's a disarming young woman. And in the film, it's double O seven. But obviously they've hidden that to keep it a bit of a secret. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I never spotted that. But yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, I did, didn't they? So I did pay attention. Oh, you didn't say you didn't. Yeah. Uh, our audience poll on that was definitely not shit 80% and shit 20%. <laughs> Fair. Fucking shit. All I can think there is it's people who've gone to watch it who don't like Bond movies. No, um, no, because I... You don't like Bond movies? Yeah, but I'm not saying it's shit. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Is I think it, if you like Bond movies, mm-hmm. um, if you're into Bond, I don't see the single reason why you wouldn't have, re- have thought that uh, No Time to Die isn't top tier bond oh yeah and it's it's absolute like fan service like obviously ian's caught a lot of references from having his rewatch that we definitely me and and i'm guessing probably you because it's a long time you've seen the old ones mm. won't have necessarily caught oh, no 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 I, I, so, I, I, I don't think i've watched a, a single bond that wasn't a craig one since I think the last one i watched was it in 1917 mark it might have been a nice <laughs> 
Um, I think the last one I watched might have been uh, in the early noughties. I rewatched on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, I mean, t- t- to be clear, early on, there is a line where Daniel Craig says something like, "We have, we've got all the time in the world," and then it kicks into that. Yeah. In terms of Bond history, just for context, um, when Bond's wife is killed in On Her Majesty's Secret Service at the end, uh, a, a, like a policeman pulls up and says, like, is everything all right? And uh, he says, I'm paraphrasing, but it's all right. She's just resting. It's okay. We've got all the time in the world. So it's like a very heavy, holy fucking shit. They're doing on a Majesty Secret Service vibes here. And the the thing is with that film, that film was always an underappreciated, like, black sheep because of its style and because of George Lazenby and whatnot. So the severe... Honor Majesty Secret Service love this film gives it, it just again it's pandering to me it's th- th- to end I would just say it's like they opened up my head and went what would make a perfect Bond movie for Ian and it was pretty much no time to die and so, that that is a wonderful thing uh, Ian it, what, yeah. what else have you been watching this week mm. okay yeah um have you guys got a time limit, by the way? I'm, and now I'm in 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 the bedroom. Uh, I I don't I don't so much, but just just checking. No, it's all, all good. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just because yeah, yeah. I know we've got we got Hellraiser to record as well, so um, I've only got two what we watched anyway. <laughs> Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four or five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, I was like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film, Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, hey Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television, with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. 
Farscape. Quantum Leap. So giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree. There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So... With that in mind, join Anna and Mike from Chinstroke vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for the Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be. Or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. So um, I watched uh, rewatched Free Guy because it was on Disney Plus. Uh, watched it with Donna, first time watch for her. Um, do you know what? I actually kind of think Free Guy might be in my top 10 of the year as well. Um, either that or surprises because I know it's one or other. Um, but Free Guy is going to be a future comfort rewatch like a motherfucker. Yeah, I can absolutely see why on that one. Mm. Like, that thing is so bright and breezy and just wants to be entertaining. Like, Donna had a, a really fucking good time with it. Like, the whole um, the dude at the end where it's like, I only care in like uh, uh, I only care about three things in life: kicking ass, TBD, insert third thing here. <laughs> fucking killed her. Um, and just the whole catchphrase, like it, I mean, it's great. It's it's fucking great. I I, um, so yeah. I I love the fact that that when he goes to hit guy, a guy pulls out the um, the shield. Even dude is impressed with it and smiles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah he gives absolutely. Glasses as well and sends him off, and he's just like collecting protein powder. And stuff. <laughs> do, do you notice as well when he um when he's got the glasses on, like the item that he's holding is whey protein. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great! It's fucking like honestly, free guy. That film. I mean, you said earlier on. Like, like nobody was really expecting anything of it but that is one where it was like it was good marketing and just a fucking fun film you know um yeah no fair play free guy brilliant um so i also watched um uh, anton fuqua's the guilty uh which appeared on uh netflix the same day that his previous film infinite appeared on amazon prime in the uk yeah um which is fucking weird. So, have you two seen the original, The Guilty? Not actually, no. Right, okay. So, this is based on my memory of that film. So, maybe I'm wrong. But, but I'll go into the story first. So, basically, Jake Gyllenhaal plays this uh, kind of, like, beat cop who's been uh, uh, kind of demoted to answering 911 calls uh, while uh, pending an investigation for something. Um, he's obviously not a massive fan of the role, and um, he, but he gets a 911 call from a woman who has been kidnapped. Um, and he basically makes it a bit of a personal quest to try and save her and make sure that her, her, her kids are safe. Um, this film feels like the absolute stereotypical example of what happens 
when a Holly uh, when Hollywood remakes a foreign language sleeper hit. Um, it is very very it, it is very overblown considering it's basically set in one place and a, a massive proportion of the runtime is just focused on Jake Gyllenhaal's face. Um, it is. It's got, a, it's got the screenplay is written by the guy who did True Detective, Nick Nick Pazzolatto, and it is fucking ripe. Oh. It, it, it's so just uh, th- th- these things are happening in entirely the wrong way. Like Jake Gyllenhaal's supervisor in this film should have told him to get the fuck out of the office maybe twenty times. Um. Like every two minutes, he is shouting and swearing at someone, and I don't remember the original being like that. I remember the original being this tense, nervy kind of quiet thing. This one, it not so much. It is fucking like you can. Anton Fuqua is aching to do something else other than focus on Jake Gyllenhaal's face, but he can't. Because that's like the USP of this film, that it's all like set in this one place. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it, it, the, the, you know, the, the, there's, um, there's some uh, twisty stuff in it. And I'd imagine if you'd not seen the original, that would probably hit pretty well. Um, but yeah, it just, it did feel a little bit pointless and it felt a little bit, Jake Gyllenhaal, why are you doing this? Um, so yeah, it, it's, I, 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 it, it, it was all right, but absolutely. If you've seen the original, you do not need to fucking go near it. Well, I've not seen the original. I'm actually going to be looking forward to this. And, 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 and Jake Gyllenhaal and Anton Fuqua are my boys, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, Gyllenhaal is, is good. Like he is doing the best that he can. I'll, I'll say that. I'm sure you guys will probably watch it this week. I'll, I'll be intrigued to see what you think. But I will tell you now, the original is better. Not not really a surprise, I suppose, but it really is in this case. Uh, that's it. What we watched with me. What have you been watching, Becky? On my own? Yeah. I mean, as well, watch Urban Legend. Nice. Tight. Not really much to say about Urban Legend. We've spoken about it at length. It's fucking great. She's like... It's Jared Leto, isn't it? Yes, Isabella is. He was pretty, wasn't he? Yes, Isabella he was. And I told her that that other lady killed someone and then we just enjoyed the film. Rebecca Gerhardt. That's it. Yeah. She's got magnificent hair, though. She does have magnificent hair, yeah. Maybe that's why it happened. Maybe she was distracted. She probably was distracted, yeah, um, in that. She just seemed like a bit of a parakeet, to be fair. Yeah. I don't think we can say that because of her magnificent hair, it forgives her a hit and run. Oh, it doesn't. No, it doesn't forgive her. I'm just saying. I'm just pointing out as a separate note. She has magnificent right. hair. Right. So you are you are separate in the two of them. Yeah. That is yeah. Good. Yes. As does what's her name? Um, Alicia Whip. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Big thing for you, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Could just have red hair and a French accent. I'd be the woman of your dreams. <laughs> And be a bit more of a bitch. I'm too nice. 
apparently. Yeah, but that's all I watch for mine. Uh, it, it, it's really good. And the thing is, I keep expecting to watch it one day and it'd be like, yeah, it's it's not actually that great. But it just fucking is. It just holds up. Apparently, Tara Reid is making a comeback. She's she? ready to come back to Hollywood. Boom. Yeah. I look forward to you know, I... playing biochemists and fucking rocket scientists and shit like she used to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right, with all that. Unconvincingly. Uh, well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also watched we watched Spectre, didn't we? We did. In in preparation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not as bad as people would like to say it is. It's a touch dull, but it's it, not bad. No, it's probably is, it is it, it, it is a touch dull. It is. This one does feel as long as it does, and it does make you you could cut bits of this out. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it, yes. The problem is with Spectre is. It ends, and then you have a 25-minute ITV drama tacked on to the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is a bit of an issue. It, 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 it should have ended where it ended, not then go uh, to London. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good point. I mean, it's um, like the Andrew Scott character. Yeah, like I, 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 Again, I said in the Bondage show, I think you could easily cut the Andrew Scott character or the Dave Bautista character probably the Andrew Scott one, you know, yeah. cut 10, 15 minutes from the runtime and uh, just to have a, a a film that flows better. And also, I will say, I think I've said before, Rafe Fiennes not saying, uh, you know, the whole kind of like, now we know what C stands for. He should have just left it at that. Yeah. Yeah. You said that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. You said that. I shout I mean, at least Bond alludes to it at the start, where he's like, "Oh, my friends call me Matt. I think I'll call you C." <laughs> yeah. like, at least there's that. But the fact that Ray finds actually, it feels like for a second, Ray finds going to call him a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does. It does teeter on that because he gets the f bomb in um, No Time to Die. I think uh, he does Inspector as well, doesn't he? There is an yeah. F-bomb Inspector. I really fucked things up, didn't I? Someone says. I swear. Yeah. It is. It's. It's. It, yeah, he gets the F-bombs in both of them. And, and to be fair, Spectre has added Monica Bellucci. So there is that. It does, but it, she's just a little bit... It, you've got Monica and Bellucci in a Bond film, and that's all you do with her. Yeah. And, I mean, she may as well be credited as problematic shag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, that should be her name. That her should, yeah, Shag, it really should be. Shag. At that moment, you kind of watch it going, going. Well, that could happen in a modern era Bond film. I mean, oh, no, I mean, it, yeah, it's not. I don't think it's as bad as I remembered it being because it's quite obvious that, like, her marriage to her husband probably wasn't the most loving thing in the world. But at the same time, like. It, Bond's not exactly forcing her down, but... But he's taking he, advantage. He, he's definitely taking advantage. But seriously, that character should literally be credited problematic shag. That's yes. a Bond That's a Bond girl name, if ever there was one. <laughs> my, yeah. my, my other bit of it is, as well, and I've pointed this out to you, didn't I, Bex, about Lea Um that I've never seen an actress... Um, in a film ever so much look like every costume they are wearing they're going i would never fucking wear this (laughs) 
just like 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 she like, there's an almost a visible disgust in what she's wearing <laughs> from her. It is palpable. Mm. Um, but it's it's fine. It's fine. There's also there's a big stunt in it, uh, a big set piece in it with a plane. Um, where he's essentially flying a plane at Batista and Batista's got the what is it. And the problem is when you're watching it with Spectre, that I didn't actually get as much from No Time to Die, but I did get from Spectre. You're watching it going, Mission Impossible to do this stuff there. Mm. Probably fair, yeah. And that that that's a thing. Yeah. Um that's that but I think that's a problem with the franchise. It's been overtaken by the things that copied it. Yes, but I think I think what's clever with God's Die is they went more for character mm. rather than set pieces. The set pieces are secondary to it. Um, but Spectre does a bit like Quantum of Solace feel like it was three or four different ideas smashed together, uh, and then they just went there. You go, and it's like <laughs> right, this is toffee with a toffee crisp. A Toblerone and an apple stuck to it. And some salt and vinegar crisps chucked in there. Yeah, what the fuck's going on? They've gone, I'm one appetite. <laughs> and you've gone, ah, fuck it, fine, it's got Monica Bellucci in it, we're fine with that. Um, but it, it, it's nowhere near as bad as people would like to tell you it is. No, it's, it's, it's a perfectly serviceable movie. Yes. Um, but that's that, that's it, that's for what we've been watching. Did you not watch anything on your own? I don't have a fucking chance. Wow. Well, I had some long work days, didn't I? You did. So yeah, so there was that. Um, should we red shoes it? Let's do it. Right, Ian. Mm. Becky forgot what won the poll last week. <laughs> and it was her movie. It was. It was. It was great. No, hang on, it wasn't. It was Pete's Dragon. It was Pete's Dragon. Oh, yeah, Pete, I said, what your movie that won? So Pete's Dragon we're covering next week. After next week. Uh, yeah, the, the next one that we're actually together for, which means we've got to choose a new one. Go on then. Has everyone chosen? I have. Sure. Have you chosen, Becky? I chose last week and then you didn't let me say it. Yeah, but you said you'd forget about it. Yeah, but I've remembered, I've remembered it because it was only three days ago or whatever the fuck it was. Ian, what's yours? Mel Gibson's Apocalypto. Oh. That's a fucking left field one. I haven't watched that since the cinema. Neither have I. Not the cinema. I don't think I've seen that. Who do you go with? Went on my own. Because <laughs> you wouldn't go with me. High five. What's yours, Becky? Frank B. Henenlot as Frankenhooker. Tight. Oh, shit. Because I think Ian will enjoy it. I've, no, I've seen Frankenhooker. Yeah. Well, I've got one that, that Ian might have seen or might not have seen, and Ian would definitely enjoy It's the animation classic. Yeah. Or Rutsuka Doji. What the fuck is that? Well, Ian. Legend of the Overfiend. Legend of the Overfiend. Legend of the Overfiend. Yeah. I'll just find a synopsis and tell you about it. Yeah, no, 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 don't. Oh, no, no, think... no, 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 let, let me come into it. I mean, it's not going to win. It's what I've suggested. <laughs> Please no, 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 no. If it doesn't win, tell me, tell me the synopsis then. Ian, what I will say is, its no. rating is not rated. 
Oh God! All right. <laughs> but so shall we just okay? Well, for now, should we just talk about the? Surely it's for almost anyone with a pulse. The red shoes. Yes. That film will make Ian so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, brilliant. All right. So, uh, oh shit, I'm hosting. I keep on forgetting that. Um, <laughs> so, it's, uh, The Red Shoes uh, stars uh, Moira, Shearer, and um, other people. Um, and it's directed by uh, Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger. This is the story of the Lermontov Ballet, which uh, gets two new uh, additions to its uh, kind of, its. Uh, company that's the word i was looking for you've got <laughs> julian craster and you've got victoria page a composer and dancer respectively who joined boris lermontoff's ballet company and uh victoria uh is to dance the dance of the red shoes uh which is a hans christian anderson tale about a pair of shoes that once you put them on they'll just want to dance and dance and dance and uh, this kind of plays out in the uh, the tale of Lermontov and uh, Craster fighting over uh, Vicky. So, Bex, this one for you. Why did you want to talk about it? Um, I it's 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 in my top ten movies. It's one of my favourite movies. I love the just it. It's beautiful. The story's great. The dancing's great. And I wanted to. Have an excuse, really, I guess, to to rewatch it. I think with it being quite long, it's not something that you just go, oh, I'll stick on the red shoes. Um, in the same way that you wouldn't just stick on like West Side Story. It's a commitment that you have to make, and and watching it for this was was the was a good excuse. I love the fact as well that in all the trailers and everything, it's like, oh my fucking god, you guys, it's in Technicolor. That's a big deal. I know, it? I know. But you forget, though, with it being like so old. But the thing is, it, it does not feel like it was made in 1948. Like, it doesn't look particularly dated, apart from the fact that all the men in it look about 60 and get called young man. Um, well, yeah, the guy who plays Julian, um, the, the, the fact that, that Batman is, is in his 30s, he's younger than me in that, and he looks like a gargoyle that fell off a cathedral. He does. He does look rough. Um, but yeah, but I, I don't think it feels like a, a, a film that that's that old. No. Like when you're watching it, it feels quite fresh. So, yeah. I think it just kind of feels timeless as much mm. as anything else, you know. Um, yeah. So uh, I do also love the fact that it has the, the the big fucking balls to just show like a really really long stretch of that ballet as well like that is a chunk in right. the middle there where it's just showing the red shoes that the like the actual ballet obviously with additional special effects thrown in but yeah it's a good like, 20 minutes or so in it yeah yeah whereas i think in a lot of ballet movies the big performances aren't necessarily the story so like in your suspirias for example both of them the the performances that they're putting on for the public are not really part of the story it is a you, you know the, the yeah yeah basically whereas this the story is the story so the story of the actual red shoes ballet is the story of the film as well so it, it shows you it then it shows you it yeah 
more like that about it. Anyway, go on. So, um, Mark, what's, what's your relationship with the Red Shoes then, but it, it doesn't necessarily feel like one you watch as much as Paulie Shaw films. <laughs> um, I, I think I watched the Red Shoes for the first time. Um, the weird thing was... Thinking it was the old David Duchovny show, The Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> no, fortunately, it, it, it was... Thank you, BBC Two. It was tight, was that? It's good times, that. Um... I watched The Red Shoes when I was sort of like about eight or nine years old. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, my yeah. uncle um, my uncle, uh, made me watch it. Not made me watch it, but sat me down sure. to, to, to watch it. That <laughs> sounds like a story. Clockwork, clockwork orange type shit. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. So I, Maybe I, that's where the record thing comes from. It, it, it could be, yeah. It uh, could be that. Um, so, yeah, so I... I I, I knew about it then, and I'd watched it then, and I remembered kind of enjoying it then. Um, and then I remember when I was about 13, 14, um, getting a, um, a, written, a, a, taking a book out from the library um, on Scorsese. Um, and it was like this weird little, it was a little book of, that, um, that essentially was written as if it was written by Martin Scorsese, but wasn't. Mm. And it was like, 33 essential um, movies you must watch by Martin Scorsese. Mm. And it was somebody had compiled Scorsese interviews um, talking about 33 different movies um, and why you should watch them. One of them was was um, Red Shoes. Red Shoes. Um, and so this was back in the days of, uh, of VHS. You couldn't get it on VHS because there was a licensing thing uh, in this country. Um, Granada owned the rights to it. Um, at and so there was a big thing between that. So you just couldn't buy it at you that point. You just pop on down to Granada Studios. Um, I did actually write to Granada Studios um, <laughs> about it. Uh, didn't get anything back. Oh. Um, it, 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 I've got to say, it is fucking bizarre that this film is a big old Criterion one. It's getting a 4K in the US. And in the UK, it's owned by ITV Global. Yeah, which, is, which, 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 which oh. happened when, <laughs> when Granada folded. Mm. They folded those into ITV, and that's when ITV decided to start releasing them. Yeah. Um, and there's a few films that fall into that category, random ones um, that are in, within that. So I, uh, but then weirdly, it was on once. Was it on ITV? Uh, no, it wasn't. This was the mad thing. So Granada also sold their TV library um, to the BBC, but it was shown on BBC One. They had to be shown on BBC Two. It was on BBC Two at like quarter past twelve one night, and I recorded it, um, and then rewatched it then. Because uh, you thought you were watching, you were recording the Red Shoe Diaries. Yeah, I did, and, and and then went, well, I need to masturbate to something, so this will do. Um, the gargoyle. Another gargoyle. Every time his face came on, it just ugh. Uh, yeah. Is that like you keep going longer? It meant that you could go right until the end when yeah. she jumped off the. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. Always have to lower the tone, don't you? What? Why was that lowering? Um, so yeah, but yeah, so I I I I have fond memories of it, um, and I've always been a big fan. I think I introduced you to it actually. You did. Yeah. What are yours of it, Ian? Yeah, I mean, I've seen it the once before. Um, and I remember liking it, but I was re- I was really quite taken with it, uh, with it this time. I must say. Um. 
Kiki liked it. Sorry? Kiki likes it. Oh, Kiki did like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my Twitter, On my Twitter and my Instagram, you can see uh, Kiki uh, dancing the ballet of the red toy. Um, <laughs> that's such odd timing, that was. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, like I say, I was really taken with it. it it's... Um, it's just a very, very watchable film. You know, like, it, it's... Lermontov could so easily have been, like, just a pure fucking wrongin'. And he's not. You know, I like... I like the way that he's got, like, no romantic interest in Vicky whatsoever. Like, any other telling of a tale like this would would have him have some sort of sexual interest in it. And he doesn't... Yeah, when they inevitably... We remake it that'll be in there oh yeah yeah 100 percent mm. um and i i, I thought it, you know it was quite ballsy that at the end you've got julian basically dressed like a fucking nazi um, <laughs> and, um it it is odd though and i mean like the actor's name is like marcus goering as well you know and it, it's he is he's got that kind of that perfect nazi look to him and I'm sure that wasn't intentional, but that and that black, that fucking black matte coat at the end, it's like, wow, we. And I like the way that they, they end it with that kind of like the emotional versus the intellectual, you know, and it, it is the two sides of what she wants. But the, the one side is purely asexual, but all about the art. You know, I, I, I think that's a really interesting way of go, going about things and um i mean if if i was to have a criticism i would say that the relationship between uh julian and vicky i think ever so slightly comes out of nowhere yeah um you know like there's that... i think that's intentional though because i think i think it's supposed to be a shock to the audience in the same way in the in the same way and at the same time as it's a shock to Lermontov because it's obviously been they've obviously been keeping it a secret it's obviously been going on in the background and then it's blossomed from that meeting on the bulk well the initial meeting when she gets the part and he gets the gig basically but it kind of more, more blossoms from that meeting on the balcony when they both call it their ballet yeah I, I... Yeah, I, I think that's fair enough. I, I, I don't know. It just, it's definitely more about her and Lermontov. And then Craster almost kind of like, it just kind of comes in relatively late on and, and, and to provide a, a little bit of the, well, there could be another life aspect to it. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not that bothered about that. Because I, I I think what it stands for holds up, yeah you know um it, it just yeah it, it looks fucking amazing the kind of the in the the effects that they do during the ballet are bloody brilliant um very very clever stuff and uh, just that god that ballet at the end because I've forgotten this where they decide to do the ballet and then it's everybody else dancing but the spotlight is on her. Like well, where she should be. That's yeah. Such a love. That's such a fucking heartbreaking little tribute to her. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, it's yeah, it is a wonderful, wonderful film, um, which I, you know, I probably wouldn't have gotten to again for a good long while if we didn't do this. So nice one for putting it on there, but you're very welcome. Yeah, I'm the same actually on that. You know, it, it, it's and that's what I like about this. It brings all this shit in. Yeah, yeah. That we won't necessarily watch, but I always get a. Well, that's it. I've been I've been wanting to rewatch it for a long while, but rewatching it on my own would necessitate having a, a significant chunk of time on my own, and it, it's it's nicer to watch it like and then discuss it. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um. I think I don't think I put on audience poll for this one. Or did I? I'm sure I saw one. Did I? God, I'm gonna. I mean, it's a definitely not shit from me. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. definitely not shit. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. was really nervous actually that I'd maybe like built it up into something that it wasn't in my head, and I was going to rewatch it and be like, "What the fuck, Rebecca? Get that out of your top ten. But it absolutely lived up to <laughs> what it needed to, so it's fine. Yeah, it is brilliant. Like, and I think like you guys both said, it, it has that timeless aspect of the fact that it doesn't feel like it's. It doesn't feel like it's dated or anything like no, that. No. Um, you know, I think I commented to you and I went, that, that, it's, it's quite risque at points, this, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, for 1948, the fact that she's just walking around in like pants, I mean, pants booty shorts. Yeah. <laughs> um, our audience poll, uh, definitely not shit 91% <laughs> and touching cloth 9%. Well, no, it should all be definitely not shit, but, you know. Fair enough. You're, um, people are allowed to be wrong. People are not allowed to be wrong. <laughs> um, we do have a question uh, from Rick Kidd. Right, Rick J. Kidd. Uh, after No Time to Die, which are your favourite and least favourite Bond villains? That's a big one, this, isn't it? That's I don't remember any others apart from the Daniel Craig ones, so I would have to say favourite is probably... I really like Christoph Waltz's Blofeld. Um, and I really like oh, Blondie. What's he called? Is it Javier? Javier Bardem. Yeah. Um, least favourite. I'm definitely going to go with Remy Malek. The staffing. Because I thought it was shocking. Is that just because you don't like Remy Malek, though? I, do you know what? I don't think he's a very good actor. I think he's got people under some kind of fucking spell. Um, somehow, with his weird fucking face i think he was maybe at one point a good actor but he's gone a bit you know like after um pirates of the Car caribbean caribbean johnny depp could never not be jack sparrow in stuff for a long while yeah i think maybe there's an element of that with him he can't not overact and suck his cheeks in and do silly voices. Ian, what's yours? I am, as I've already said, I'm very fond of Honor Majesty's Secret Service, but I am very, very fond of Telly Savalas as Blofeld. <laughs> um, Telly Savalas is playing it just as he's he's just fucking loving taking the piss so like one of the one of the threads in honor majesty's secret service is that telly savalas is trying to prove that he's actually like um uh, essentially um royalty like he's trying to trick uh this ancestral society into essentially proving that he's royalty um because of the shape of his earlobes um and he's just taking the piss 
but then he's also developing um this um kind of like hit hypnotist kind of program where he's basically going to unleash a bunch of supermodels who are going like, to release this fucking port like thing that's going to cause sterility in men like <laughs> on a ma- like honestly on a Majesty's secret service is both brilliant for like the relationship between George Lazenby and Diana Rigg, but also for fucking how batshit Blofeld's plan is, and Savalis is just playing it as this fucking like ladies' man, like chancer, and he's really really fun, and it's a very different interpretation of Blofeld than any of the other ones, and it On Her Majesty's Secret Service is a film that literally only could have been made in the dates between when it started shooting and when it finished shooting. Like, it could not have been made in any other time period. And Telly Savalas could not have been Blofeld for one day longer. Like, <laughs> it is fucking brilliant. Um, I really, really like him. Um, in, in terms of the worst, I think there are a lot of Bond villains who are just very dull. Um, I think Robert Carlyle was the one with wasted potential. Well, I mean, to be fair, Robert Carlyle and Sophie Marceau, because in The World Is Not Enough, it's basically Robert Carlyle is like positioned as the big bad, but it's actually Sophie Marceau who um, is kind of like almost like leading things. Like he kidnaps her and then he ends up falling in love with her and then she ends up being a real wrong. But then because it's, you know, a Bond film at the turn of the, of the millennium, Surely you can't have the Bond villain be a woman. And so she's killed with about 25, 30 minutes of the film left to go. And then it's just Robert Carlyle having a fight with Pierce Brosnan. It's like you've got Robert Carlyle there as basically a secondary Bond villain who becomes the Bond villain because they can't have a woman be the Bond villain. So that, <laughs> like, that's really disappointing. I think Matthew Almerich is um, shit. Yeah, he's my, he's my worst. Like, he is, like, really just, well, what's his thing then? Well, he's a little bit shifty, and then he comes at Bond with an axe and goes, ah, quite a lot in the in the, in the the fight at the end. Rough. Yeah, yeah he's, he's not good. Uh, I'm going to throw out, uh, for my favourite, the Yafet Koto from Living Like Dice. Yeah, Yafet Koto is pretty fucking spectacular. Yeah, um, just it just just because partially because he's Yafeko and it just seems like he's having an awful lot of fun. <laughs> and he's got the best Bond villain death. How's he die again? He's, oh, he's hit with the thing that makes him inflate until he explodes. Oh, of course, gotcha. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. incredible. It's fucking incredible. Um, I mean, even though to be fair, one of the best. I mean, it's awful. And it's an awful film, but Diamonds Are Forever, where the uh, the guy who's been coded as gay basically gets an explosive shoved up his ass and then thrown off a boat. Um, it's, but the thing is, he gets this thing shoved up his ass, and there's actually a shot of him kind of enjoying it. And it, it's... To be fair, Diamonds of Forever is the worst Bond film, but there are moments like that and a moment where, for no reason whatsoever, a woman is shown transforming into a gorilla and then they never mention it again. <laughs> <laughs> like, that film is 
fat shit and it gives zero fucks, but it's awful. also fucking awful. Um, uh, oh, sorry, I could talk about these for days. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think between the combination, I think the combination of villains both being shit in the world is not enough might actually do it for me. But Matu Almerick is shit. Yeah, he is. He is shit. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Tally Salalis or Mads Mickelson. Anyway, yeah, that's my answer for that. Cool. Uh, bit of a weird show next week because Ian, excuse me, Ian, you're LFF, aren't you? Mm-hmm. With Jord. Uh, are you going to be bumping into Jord while you're there, aren't you? Well, I'd like to think it'd be more than bumping into him. <laughs> hi, Jord. Hi, Ian. Bye. <laughs> Right, you are going to be meeting up, meeting up with Jar. There, there you go. Uh, and we're moving house, aren't we? Tell me to talk Yes. We're moving house. So, yeah. So, a bit of a weird show next week. So, well, there'll be a random selection of things that we'll be talking about. I'll I, I tell you what, why don't you guys review the guilty? Yes, we might review the guilty. From a hot tub. A hot tub. Possibly. Um, no chickens being counted here. No. How many chickens? Who fucking knows? Could, could be 60, could be two. Um, so, yes. So, I, Ian's hosting, so I don't know why I'm taking over now. Actually, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, in terms of LFF, um, at the very least, I think I, I should be talking about uh, The Harder They Fall, uh, The Power of the Dog, um, uh, Belfast. Um, fuck, I've got others in my head as well, and they've gone. Um, even though, uh, then I, I think there's going to be some catch up stuff because, like, it, it kind of continues on. But uh, I'll be talking about them, maybe the French Dispatch. Um, if 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 I get a ticket, um, I don't know. There's going to be uh, there's going to be a whole mess of stuff basically. Uh, so yeah, uh, lots to look forward to there. Um. And then the week after that, we will be back with Pete's Dragon, Venom, Let's uh, Let There Be Carnage, Halloween Kills, the 18 rated The Last Duel, which is fucking interesting. The 18? Um, yep. Fuck. Oh, is that awful? Is that that awful majority karma? I don't want to watch that. That's the one with, with the, what's it, Matt Damon mullet in it, isn't it? It is with yeah. Matt I don't know yeah. if I'm going to be able to cope with that hair. I, I, I'll I, try. It, it, it's, it, the Matt Damon mullet I'm not bothered about. It's the it's the bro cut that, um, yeah. that Ben Affleck seems to have. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> mm. okay. It's like, Ben went into makeup and they went, went, right, Ben, what are we doing here? And he went, I've got a picture of me from 1992. There you go. That, do that. So hang on, so when are we thinking that recording will be? Um, week or uh, week commencing Monday the 18th. Yeah. Because there's an unlimited screening of June on the Monday. Uh, I am going to see that in IMAX. So. Okay. Yeah, but we probably are as well, actually. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. that's a good thinking, that, Ian, actually. Good call, Ian. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks. Um, thanks. Yeah. So what? I said you're welcome. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Um, and then in that show, like I say, I'll wrap up the LFF stuff. So again, at the very least, I'll be talking about Celine Sciamma's new one, Petite Maman, 
the new Apachat Fong Weir Safakal film, uh, Memoria, um, The Tragedy of Macbeth, um, and uh, others. So we got we got a lot of chat. Got a lot of chat. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll I'll be talking about some of the ones that I watched with uh, Jordan and Lauren. So yeah. Tight. Um, I'm hosting. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash film bastards for um, just a fuckload of Bond content over the last couple of years, folks. I tell you what, um, a lot of Bond content. Um, the Hellraiser shows that we're going to be recording uh, our look at parts three and four once we finish recording this show. Um, and, uh, you know, lot, lot, other stuff, other stuff, you know, you, you get the shows a couple of days early. And uh, yeah, you get a bunch of extra content for two dollars a month. You know, yeah, pl- plenty of other podcasts asking for a shitload more than that, and they also do a separate band camp for additional podcasts. A podcast that I listen to that I very much like, which will remain nameless, but they literally have a Patreon and a band camp for separate content. What the fuck? We don't do that. No, we don't do that. We're not going to do you dirty like that. We're not. So thank you very much. Sorry, but I said, "What's Bandcamp?" It's a thing where people can upload like their music or podcasts or whatnot, and people can like pay per track. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. They literally do uh, kind of marathon episodes for like directors or film series on their Bandcamp, and then just do extra content every now and then on the Patreon. So, yeah. Like, just do it on, just do it all on the Patreon. Yeah. Silly hmm. bastards. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> thank you very much for joining me, Becky. Thank you very much for hosting, Ian. I try. I, I kind of did. Thank you very much for joining me, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. And um, I'm, I'm sure we all wish Mark and Becky well on the move, and we hope it goes well. Thank you very much. Everyone's and, uh, we'll, touch wood. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you guys on the on the other side. Bye bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>